Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Rodcast. Uh, so good to be connecting with you. It's a beautiful day here in Tokyo and how are you doing past the rod? Excited about this particular podcast. It's the one of the core things in our life. Yeah, uh, So good. We are chatting yeah. over the next few weeks about the big three uh, of Lifehouse. And so first, just quickly, Pastor Rod, what are the big three of Lifehouse? Yeah, well, we call them um, journaling, simple prayer, clean heart, but each one carries its own little cultural package. Um, mm. And with these big three in our church, these are our cultural big three or habits. Uh, we want them to be simple, reproducible, mm. scalable, not legalistic. There's a whole bunch of words that that I really believe that can help a lot of believers in Jesus. Mm, that's awesome. And so today we're going to just focus, we're going to dive deeper into journaling a little bit mm. more next week, simple prayer. So stay tuned for that. And so if you could just simply uh, define for us, what is journaling? Uh, our definition at Lifehouse of journaling is just uh, read five minutes of God's word, the next, the next passage of scripture. And ask God, what would you say to me today from that passage? From that, just taking a simple note on your phone or your notebook. Um, it could be just a few words. Uh, some people do write more, but we just say just write a few words. And if we do that on a regular basis, we start to see um, what God is saying to us. When someone says, what is God saying to you? A lot of people say, I don't know. But a lot of our people at Lifehouse can give a simple answer. And, and it, so journaling is a simple daily habit not legalistic, not law, but a principle of saying, God, you speak today and you're going to speak to me today from your word. Mm, that's awesome. And uh, do you think five minutes is too little or <laughs> why, why, is, why only five uh, minutes? <laughs> well, a lot of Christians read, read more than five minutes and we, of course we want to encourage that, but a lot of people don't read five minutes or don't read at all. In fact, a lot of uh, believers I've heard around the world saying things like, I haven't read the Bible personally for 10 years or 20 years. Or wow. It's a simple re-entry for those people. So it's not like hitting people on the head saying, what's wrong with you? It's just saying, hey, it's this simple. And so five minutes is not enough for some people. But I think if everybody did at least five minutes, you would agree that the church would be going ahead, people growing, marriages getting better. It just it just has a flow on effect right through the church when there's a a baseline. So I think yeah. five minutes is a baseline um, that we'd like people to consider. And again, if people miss here and there, it's okay. But I think that it's just a, a just pick up the Bible. We say, especially here in Japan, on the train, just open your Bible, read the next thing, think and pray. Couple of words done, and it's a baseline yeah. that uh, we can reach. We can reach. We can do it. It's very, very simple and it's powerful, which we'll talk about in a minute. It's so powerful. It'll change people's lives. Yeah, it's awesome. And yeah, I've seen it definitely. It's impacted my life in a huge way. And I've, I've, I lead a lot of the connect groups of foreigners here in, in Tokyo. So even some, often we get guys who've come in to the church from other nations, been Christians for many years. And, um, and they, they learn this concept or this principle of journaling and you can see how it radically impacts their life in such an awesome way. So could you just, uh, just share this? Where did this idea of journaling mm -hmm. come from? How did you stumble upon it and sure. introduce it into Lifehouse? A big part of my story is I became a believer at 19 in Sydney. I was a fireman. 
And one night I almost died in a factory fire before I became a believer, before, six months before. And that, that experience of being protected by an unknown God to me opened my heart to read the Bible. And someone gave me a, a New Testament, sorry, a, a, a new Bible. And I started to read the book of uh, Mark. And as I read about Mark and saw Jesus, I really started to like Jesus and then probably love Jesus, even as a non-believer, <laughs> even as someone who had not given themselves over, seeing the, the love and the power. And I, in, in, and I started to pray simple prayers like, could you do that for me? When I read, read what he did. So even before be- believing, I, I had some habits of actually trying to pursue or discover faith through the Bible. And um, I had some great Christian friends that helped me at that stage and also after I became a believer and they were into daily reading of the Bible, a simple daily reading. I think they had, you know, some plan. Um, I didn't know too much about that, but as I became a believer after six months and my life was dramatically changed, I went home and I had a notebook because back then there was no iPhone or no, no digital. Uh, Everyone had a notebook. I had a little notebook and I just wrote my first thing, got saved tonight. And it was just, uh, I think I put a scripture there. I've still got that notebook these 42 years later. Uh, it's amazing. It's on my shelf. That original got saved tonight. And and then a scripture. Hmm. And it just started um, as a very natural thing that God wants to speak to me. Now as a believer, now I know him. Now he's forgiven me. Now I'm in the kingdom. Now I'm going to heaven. This God is my God and he's going to talk to me. I just knew that. Mm. And I continue going, going to uh, um, connect group or small group. And um, my two friends were there and it was really led, well led. And um, I, I could see that the other believers there were very fun and happy. It was a really joyful connect group. And um, they talked about reading the Bible uh, regularly, just personal reading. So that's where it all started. But um, uh, three days after I became a believer, I was hit in the face by the drug pusher at the fire station. There's 54 men on my platoon, the biggest station in Australia, biggest fireman station. And uh, before receiving Jesus, I was living a different life. And now I'm three days later, I'm saying Jesus has changed my life. I don't need this and that. And I got hit and it was shocking and it was, it was terrible. And uh, I went home and um, that night I did my, my Bible reading, but I, Back in those days with a paper Bible, you could just open it up and say, God, speak to me. Put your finger down. <laughs> and uh, I laughed that that doesn't always work. And um, I heard, the guy, heard about the guy on the plane who was uh, in the turbulence of the plane, up and down. And, and he said, God, speak to me. And he opened the Bible, put his finger down, and, and it said, today you'll be with me in paradise. And, uh, and he closed the Bible, said, no, that's not it. And so it doesn't always work. But as a three-day-old Christian, it certainly worked, and God spoke to me from Isaiah 7, 9, and it just says, if you don't stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. And even the rhythm I'm saying it with is in my heart, the almost mm. like a rap in my heart that the, of the Scripture, if you don't stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. And so I wrote it down. It's there, mm. page number three or whatever it is in my journal, my first journal. And um, it says, God spoke to me tonight. And it just brought strength. It just mm. brought strength. And I went to bed and I woke up and I knew I had to go back to the fire station. And that fireman who hit me was going to be there. Um, by the way, I still remember his name and I, I pray for him that he'll be in heaven. 
and that we'll get to laugh about that day, uh, mm-hmm. praying that God would touch him. But anyway, he never came near me again, and I just felt the strength of God as mm-hmm. I looked at the next morning as I woke up, looked at what I'd written um, hours earlier uh, mm-hmm. in anguish, and God speak to me, and it just that scripture, Isaiah 7, 9, just brought strength and um, clarity that I went to the fire station, and, and that man never came near me again, never hurt me again. And um, just just a, a habit was formed that God wants to speak to me as a seeker, and now God wants to speak to me as a new believer. But it's different. Of course, now I'm a son of God, a believer, and mm. but the revelation that God does speak and through his word. Now, I know that there's some context that we might want to talk about at some point, but God does speak through his word. And so the Bible becomes a, a living and active, um, powerful thing in our life, which is what Hebrews 4.12 says, the, the word of God is alive and active. It's able to divide between soul and spirit. And, and, and this, this power, uh, I was launched into it as a baby Christian, and my friends were talking about, yeah, God speaks. So that was the culture. Mm. And I think that... Um, Coming forward many years as a pastor, I've taught this all around the world, but maybe not as clearly as um as when I came to Japan. Mm. Um, I think in when, before Japan, I, my church there, Toowoomba, we did in Australia, we did teach this well, but it's just the clarity of of dealing with so many people on their journey to Jesus and their journey after Jesus, and we've had thousands of Japanese make that journey, oh. as, as along with you know hundreds of of uh, Americans and, and Filipinos and, 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 and Australians and everyone else, South Africans. And uh, yeah, um, that, that it's not just a, a Australian cultural thing or a uh, baby Christian thing, or it's just a habit of reconnecting with God. Mm-hmm. So when I came to Japan, we started to write down some of the how-tos. How do you journal? How do you get a scripture? And we started to realize that there are some scriptures that are very powerful. Mm. Um, you know one of them well, Jeremiah 29, 11. Um, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for a future and a hope and not for evil. So that, that one scripture really opened up many hearts in Japan. Mm. As we said to non-Christians, new believers, what would God say to you from that scripture? And it made many Japanese think about purpose and is there a God and is he good and does he have a plan? And so the, the concept of reading the Bible like this, it, it, it asks questions, good mm. questions in the mind. Mm. And we wrote those down and um, I just opened up my, my iPad here. Um, we've On our app, our Lifehouse app, it's a little blue wave like that guy there. Um, and if you open it up, it's, it's just Lifehouse International Church. Uh, it opens up. That's our logo. And, good look, and all good of a sudden, logo. and we can press uh, just a couple of buttons here more, get to the blue book. We call it the blue book. And in the blue book is how to journal. Now, I'm getting ahead of ourselves here. I'll come back to it. But it's really uh, graphically simple. And it will take you to how to journal and how to have a reading plan and all that stuff. We've tried to make it easy. Big answer to your question, but I, I sort of, there was a continuum there of, of how it worked for me in a small group, Japan, and, and even this last Sunday, I'm teaching this 
in both Sweden and Finland online to pastors. Mm. Isn't that amazing? That's so so this is not just for baby Christians or people who need God today. This is a lifestyle thing. Big answer. Mm. Uh, I don't know where you want to take this, Adrian, but really, the, it, it, you know, it's, it's 40 years of walking mm. with God like this. Wow, that's awesome. So I think one of the things, if you, uh, if you are just listening to this, Pastor Rod showed us the uh, app. So you can actually just go to the app store, type in Lifehouse Church International. The logo is a blue logo. It's a blue app with a like a wave logo on and you can find the blue book in there so you can check that out and that has a lot of our teaching on how to journal there's a whole chapter on journaling a few uh scriptures of uh that you can start with your first month of journaling which is awesome and and one of the things in there pastor Rod, it says um journaling is a personal application of god's word and so you did mention context yeah. So I'd love you to talk into that a little bit more yeah. because I've done that Ooh. those I've done that thing where you just mm. kind of pick out a scripture yeah. and sometimes you land on a, a word of judgment from God <laughs> and you're like <laughs> okay what is this yeah. so how do we how do we understand uh, mm. context and how what's it, how's it important in our journaling journey I think we have to start somewhere and so we say to people would you start with one of our buttons which is called encouraging verses it's got 30 for 30 days in the month some people around the world call that a promise box or a, you know selected scriptures, but we need to get people started on the journey. So I, I think con- part of the context is helping people find very powerful, relevant scriptures now. Um, and I know that a lot of even our pastors now, even my own son Monty, uh, this is how he got turned on to journaling was that one month of encouraging verses or uh, what do you do when you're anxious? What do you do when you're fearful? We've got buttons like that under our journaling. And I think that's the first context is we need to get scriptures that will speak to us and probably speak to everybody. There are general scriptures, you know, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world. So that's going to be in there. And um, uh, as I said, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for good. Um, Matthew 7, 7, you know, seek and you'll find knock on the door will be open, which is mm. another big scripture for Japan because Japanese mm. are seekers. So first context is, is let's look at scriptures that are really going to help you immediately without too much trouble. The second thing we have in there is a two-month reading plan through the book of Mark, the book of Mark. And I think the book of Mark is so beautiful. It's, mm. it's the shortest gospel, 16 chapters. Um, it's, it reads like a... Uh, a, a documentary like just straight through Jesus uh, three years of ministry. Um, it introduces you to all the key players, obviously Jesus and um, Peter, John, James, Mary, mother of Jesus, John the Baptist. It takes you through the, it, it's, it's, it's a real story, but it's written in a way that there's actually, um, uh, you know, tempo, there, there, mm. there's speed. In fact, the key word in uh, Mark is the word immediately, and then Jesus mm. did this, and Jesus did this. So two months in Mark gets us going into the Gospels. And then, you know, people say, where do I read? We would give advice to, to read either the something like the Psalms, which is songs, or maybe Ephesians, which gives us the plan of the world as, as sons and daughters of God. So we're mm. as leaders, we're trying to help people land on context. Um, books of the Bible that really 
don't need a lot of explanation as you start them. Mm. There are many like that, and there are many in the New Testament, and I think the four Gospels, the Book of Acts, um, Ephesians, Colossians, a number of the books, and, and Psalms as a song group. Mm. You know, some, some people, when they seek the Lord um, here in Japan, do choose a difficult book like Leviticus or Job, and we say to them, that's the Word of God too, but it does have cultural baggage, and we would mm. love you to read that a bit later. Of course, you can read it now. It's your choice, but we would love you to go to Mark. Mm. Now, the most amazing thing in all of this is as we've taught thousands of people to journal, you can talk to people about some strange things that they read or thought, but it's incredible how many times they say something that is good and right. And it just stuns me. It amazes Mm. me how the Holy Spirit helps them find a context, find a good scripture, even in, in the midst of a bunch of scriptures that may not mean something. Um, because it's history or whatever. Um, I mean, it's all the Word of God, but mm. Scripture is not equally weighted, equal weight. The, the New Testament is, is higher. The Gospels is higher. Jesus is the highest. Like, let's learn about Jesus in the Bible, and the rest is is context to Jesus. So uh, just just staying close to people. What are you reading and, and what are you thinking? And mm. But also in our church, in, in our Lifehouse churches, in our small groups, we do a thing called journal share, where we go around the room and we say, one minute, one scripture. And it's absolutely amazing, like I said, how mm. uh, almost 100%, it really is, I'm going to ask you in a minute, Adrian, but my experience is almost 100% of people have not taken it out of context or mm. outside its, its base meaning or have not got up with some weird um, application. Hmm. So thousands of lives, and there's only a few times where I've had to say, you know what, can we just think about the context of that? It's um, Nevertheless, we do need to explain some things. So what about hmm. yourself? Have you, how have you felt people's journal share has been in context? Yeah, I think it's definitely, it's, yeah, I've seen, it, you just mentioned the book of Job, and uh, actually we have we have a great ministry and a, a connect group with our amazing Myanmar people. And one of the girls recently shared um, a journal from Job, and it was just an incredible, you could see that God had spoken clearly to her from the book of Job. And obviously, if you know the book of Job, there's a lot of a lot of things that happened to Job, and yet he m- remains faithful to God through it all. And God blesses him so incredibly mm. at the end. And and the the last section talks about all the blessings that God pours on Job. And, and this girl just shared that mm. even though what her country is going through at this moment yeah. and the pain, she's <clears throat> going to remain faithful to God, always praise Him because she knows that the best is yet to come and that God will bless her mm. as she remains faithful. So I think... I've seen that um, in that situation, but yeah, mm. I really do. I've seen very few people take it out of context. You can see it's really God has spoken personally. Sure. And I think the faith we have as pastors is that the Holy Spirit is leading people and he's oh. going to, he understands the context better than any of us. And he's going to really, uh, as Jesus said, the Holy Spirit is going to lead you and teach you. And that's what we're seeing uh, as people are journaling. Yeah, just this week I was talking to a leader in our in our Lifehouse movement. I won't say which country, but um, I felt they were going to make a, a wrong decision, not a sinful decision, but I couldn't say much. It's their decision, and I, I and he said, "I'm I'm gonna we're gonna journal for a few days." And it came back and said, 
the Lord's really clearly spoken that's that door should close mm. and we should stay faithful in what we're doing. And I just think that's the power of journaling right there. Mm. I, I, I don't even know the scripture. I, I'm sure I'll hear the story. Mm. But the result of that journaling, I don't know where in scripture, God spoke and said, stay faithful where you are. Mm. And I think that's the beauty of this journaling mm. is it, it can be applied because it's it's God's principles in the word, isn't it? And I think yeah. that the thing of Job right now with the Ukraine, I'm sure mm. the Ukrainians are going to love the book of Job. They're going yeah. to get comfort from Job. So it is a book that we God God wanted in the Bible. Mm. But it does have a specific application of people going through a very, very hard time, mm. uh, like our friend there in, in Myanmar that is mm. staying faithful. And all of a sudden, the book of Job takes on incredible power, incredible comfort mm. and, and direction, um, same as part of the, the Psalms. Some Psalms are, are so beautiful and amazing and wonderful. You mm. know, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. But there's other Psalms where David was being chased by an evil king and yeah. He was saying some pretty wild things, but even in that psalm, uh, the, David changes halfway through and says, and then I sought the Lord and I, I had more of a peaceful heart. Mm. So that's a journey psalm, a, jour- a journey scripture. You can't maybe just take one scripture. That's, that's context. Mm. Um, a, ju- a journey, um, a man's journey through pain and calling out on God and where is God and what's happening. And, mm. and then God spoke to me. And, and then I understood. And, I, and I th- we don't want to take away any of those mm. because God will really use all his word, but it's different applications, isn't it? And I think that, yeah, yeah that's a great story about Job. Yeah, it's so good. And yeah, just uh, on that, I think it's it's really interesting because sometimes you can under- you can be reading something in Scripture and it you, you clearly understand that God is speaking talking about a different context but you can always apply yeah. it to your own so for example i remember we me and you and or uh, my wife and i and you and pastor viv were having a conversation in our early days of lifehouse when we had just we had just moved to japan and we were considering joining lifehouse and becoming part of uh, just the team here and and you encouraged us to go journal and i remember that it was out of it was one of the scriptures in Romans where God talks about how he's going to graft the Gentiles as like a wild olive into the olive tree of the Israelites. And it was a, it's obviously a picture of a bigger picture of what God's doing in the world. But through that, God spoke to me that we're going to be grafted into this family, into this church. And so I think even that's a context and you can see it's part of God's nature. And and it was really, it was a confirming word that put faith in our hearts to Say so this is what God is leading us into. So, and we so that's glad really we did. exciting. And I think you know some some people will say, well, you know, isn't that out of context? That because that was about Israel and the church, and there is a direct application, absolutely. And you can just look it up on, online. You can find out what what was the application. Mm. The thing is that God's word is active. Mm. You know the, the Hebrews four twelve again. The, the word of God is active and alive, or 2 Timothy 3.16, the word of God is supernaturally breathed yeah. and is useful for uh, teaching, correcting, and, 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 and raising us. And so mm-hmm. um, there's, a, there's a direct application often, but then there's the, like you're saying, that the nature of God, 
the, mm. the way that God thinks and moves on human hearts, and that is yeah. universal. So another example is even our scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11, which God says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for a future and a hope and not for evil. There was a context. The children of Israel were in captivity and they were crying out for salvation and something good, and God was speaking, mm. there's hope, there's future, I'm, I'm with you. So although we're not in wherever they were, Babylon or wherever, the the application of who God is and who we are, it wasn't written to us, but it was written for us. We can take those that God is mm. the same God, good God, good plan. It's real. It's for me. And, and that brings faith from the mm. word into our hearts. So that's where context becomes multi-layered. Yes, it did have a fulfillment, but it also has a application mm. for us today. Awesome. Yeah, I love that about God's Word. and Because I think that's the faith we have is God's Word is living and active. The Holy Spirit is alive mm. and in our lives, speaking to us, teaching us, leading us. And so I think it's, and that's why we can have faith that not only God is speaking clearly to us, but God is speaking clearly to the people in our churches that we're leading. Um, so I'd love to, yeah, over the past 20 years, how have you seen journaling shaping the church causing uh, people to come to a place of salvation, rising up as leaders, gaining vision, wanting to plant churches. Sure. How has journaling affected that? Well, a lot of people do ask, what, what did Lifehouse do right? Because we do have really amazing leaders everywhere mm-hmm. and we have planted many campuses. And I say to them, this is, this is it. It is journaling. The number one thing I could say to you. And in the in the past, some pastors were not that excited about that answer, but now it's become really, really interesting because of COVID and because of uh, pandemic and because of whatever's going on in the world. We realize that people need a personal aspect to discipleship. Mm. So if we're discipling by just Sundays, by a message, it, it's, it's only one day out of seven and it's hit and miss as a preacher and as huge mm. pressure. But if I'm asking everyone to read a little bit of God's word every day and there's there's personal calling out to God to speak to me and in that week even just one little nugget of truth or, 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 or um, faith from God, they're going to grow. Mm. So I've just seen people growing everywhere and leaders growing and all of a sudden uh, I hear people say, well, let, let me say, I, let me go back. I observe someone's changed for good, like like really mm-hmm. stepped up or lifted. And I always say, what happened? And they always say, I was reading, I was journaling, and God <laughs> said this. I was yeah. journaling and God healed this. I was journaling and God clarified my thinking on this, marriage or sexuality or honesty or mm-hmm. whatever it is um, where God speaks to them about their life. It's, it's like a done deal. It's like mm. huge change overnight. And a lot of people suffer from low self-esteem or the thinking they can't be a leader. And one word, just God says, I've chosen you. You're, mm. you're my son, you're my daughter, is enough to people go, whoa, God could use me. We've seen that, I, I'd say, thousands of times. In mm. fact, this is so powerful that when you hear preachers around the world and leaders, almost always they're going to bring up a scripture that God spoke mm. to them, their calling, yeah. their change, their healing. There was a scripture attached to that moment of blessing. So I think a lot of people do have this moment. It's mm. just that we're asking people to consider doing a little bit every day. 
Yeah. And I call that micro miracles, actually, because it, it, reading scripture, it may not like change my whole life, but it's a little, it's a little bit of God's mm. truth and anointing. And over time, that just has a supernatural impact. And then some days there is a very big scripture that is mm. a guided scripture or a correction scripture. Like uh, all of a sudden, and, and, and sometimes I call it God's elevator, where I see someone going from level you know, two mm. to four in, in the church overnight. And I say to them, what happened? Like you're a great person and we love you, but something's happened. And they go, yeah. I got this scripture from Ephesians two, and da da da, and they tell you they were so excited to tell you the story. Um, this one scripture changed my thinking, changed my mm-hmm. thought, changed my plan, changed, changed our our marriage, changed our heart. Yeah. So, when you see that hundreds of times over many many years, you do realize this is a a significant thing for Christians. In fact, I think I think what it's doing is it's keeping our heart devotional with God. It's it does a lot. It's it's actually like feeding our brain, but I just think it keeps our hearts close to the Lord, so that when we're challenged by theological debates or things on on TV that we can't understand, instead of moving to doubt, we move to trying to discover. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of going, "Oh, where's God and what happened?" We're saying, "Well, God must be real." There must be an explanation. Do, do you see the difference between those two things? Instead of moving immediately to a place of doubt, we're moving mm. to a place of exploration, yeah. which I think is very healthy. And I, I would yeah. say search, re- research. Mm. Yeah. Um, but it starts with a word. It starts with mm. journaling. Sure. That's awesome. So what what part does imagination have to play in journaling? Uh, do you activate the imagination? Yeah, I, I think it does play some part. And the word imagination is actually used in, um, I think it's Ephesians 3.20, isn't it? God is able to do even more than we could ask or imagine mm. according to his power at work in Jesus Christ. So the concept of imagination is not going wild and crazy. Mm. The concept of imagination is faith, faith-based, based on God's word. Now think about that. Now imagine mm. that. Now what what that could do in your life. So it's imagining with God's word, it's not a it's not meditation, mm-hmm. as in emptying my brain. It's actually filling my brain with God's thoughts and imagining what that mm-hmm. means for me or our family. Yeah. So yes, we should imagine, but in that context, imagine God's ways here. Imagine what your world could be like. Imagine the future. The best is yet to mm-hmm. come. Those sort of concepts are imagination. But I do talk to especially to men here. Um, mm-hmm. Because a lot of men are very analytical, which is their their gift. That's a good thing. But they want every, to work everything out. And sometimes it, life's not like that. You've actually got to yeah. feel or sense what God is saying. And journaling helps that process of moving from purely analytical to keep your analytical but add a, imagination. And a lot of men who are like that in that church and women and, and women who are analytical um, say that journaling helps them in their job to become more of a team leader or a team manager or a new creation person or a, mm-hmm. an ideas person or, a um, you know, like my son Richie is very analytical. He's doing medical science and yet he's a great team person and I believe it's because of his ability to read God's word and think 
and he adds that to his analytical. He doesn't lose analytical. He adds God's thoughts mm. and concepts into his research. And I think that could be in any area of IT. We have a lot of people in IT, um, in logistics, um, in, in medical fields or, uh, you know, and, and we want them to, you know, that their, their God-given gift is amazing. But if you add imagination in God's word or what mm. could be or God, what would you say to me, they become high, highly valued in the world, a highly mm. valued skill to have both. So um, that's what I would say to, to analytical people is just try this. Just give mm-hmm. it a go and I, we'll help you. We'll just read through it and, and, and maybe some questions help. Like, what, what do you think God's saying? And um, so people say, I don't know. We can put some ideas out there. Do you think God, you know, does have a plan? Well, yeah. And, and so we, we start to engage mm-hmm. to allow them to think about this scripture in their lives. That's the imagination, this scripture in their lives, this revelation now, hope now, etc., um, mm. and it works. It's amazing how many people, yeah. and you, you've you've helped disciple some people who came in very skeptical mm. about this and say, oh, "I've read the Bible for years; it's nothing." But really, mm. when they finally understand this imagination in God's Word, it, it it's mm. a it's a game changer, right? Yeah, it's it's been amazing to see that. Just guys who have been Christians for many years and say, well, God speaks to me like this and this and this. And we do, and we believe that God can speak in many ways, but yeah. uh, there is something so powerful about having this daily habit and God's going to speak through your word. Um, and just seeing them embrace this reality at first, a little bit pushing back at it. But once they get into that rhythm and God is speaking, they just like, this is amazing. <laughs> I need to do this Ooh. more. And, cool. and just seeing how God speaks into every aspect of life. There's sometimes they will be sharing about, hey, God really helped me in my business. And uh, I was able to get a, an idea and a strategy. Yeah. Or recently, a guy in my connect group uh, was reading through James, where God was, where James talks about the power of the tongue. And, and he just realized God spoke to him about, like, he needs to watch his words and speak better words to his wife. And that's right. going to really empower his yeah. marriage. And so. Awesome. There is real, it's it's not just out there concepts, it's these powerful truths of God bring it into my everyday life that's going to empower me in my workplace, in my marriage, in, my, in ministry, in every area of our lives. So it's so good to see. Yeah. And, 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 and that is multiplied. That's not just ones and twos. That's now tens, hundreds, and thousands. Like this is, this mm. is not just a special few that God speaks to, yeah. like pastors. Um, this is everybody, which is yeah. every, everyone's, you know, Jesus said, my sheep will hear my voice in John 10. Um, so mm. it's, it's, it's his sheep of which we are two of them, two of the many. Mm. But the promise is that they will hear my voice and they will obey and I'll lead them into a good pasture. That's a great scripture, of course. Yeah. So, yeah, let's just go down this track. So even I know that we have many pastors uh, listening to this, leaders. And so how... How is why is teaching people journaling so important? Because I know that we we often talk about that we are shepherds, we are pastors, but obviously the great shepherd, the good shepherd is Jesus. And so our real passion is to teach and empower people to hear yeah, his voice because yeah. he's the one that's going to be leading them. So why is it important that we as pastors empower people with this Ooh. this habit? I think this pandemic has been a a, a really big um issue here 
because a lot of churches without small groups and without daily habits, um, a lot of people have struggled. I'm not mm. saying they've walked away from God, but it, it's been a hard time. Whereas a lot of our people have actually flourished and they've flourished without an actual in-person service. Of course, we have online, which is amazing, and we'll still do that um, going forward. We love it. But the, the concept that it's all just up to a Sunday message changes to a Sunday message adds to what God is already saying to me. It's, it's, a, it's a huge change. Um, as I said before, it also takes the pressure off preachers to try and hit it out of the ballpark every week. Um, I, you know, of course, we want to do well, but if I don't, it, and, and sometimes I, you know, I, I preached something I didn't think was great, and someone came up to me afterwards and said, "That was great, Pastor Rod. It's exactly what God was saying this week." And and so God was able to use that my my weak effort to um, to add to what He's already saying into their hearts, and I. I, I just sense that everywhere as people write down what God is saying. It may or may not link to the message, but but it, it just takes the pressure off the the, mm. the leaders and it, it puts the responsibility on the sheep, the people, to know that God is speaking to them about mm. every area. And, and it's just a different world. I you know, sometimes I go somewhere and I, I sense such a pressure to to do well, which I want to do well. It's such a pressure. And then I go to other places and the people seem much more um, just open to receive whatever because they are journaling. Um, one of our good friends in America, they call it um, SOAP devotional, S-O-A-P. And some, some churches use this word SOAP, which is scripture, observation, application, prayer, whatever we call it. When we go to that church, it's just like hand in glove. It's just so easy to share and people are with you because again it's not just your word it's mm. it's a daily habit that's being formed amongst many many people um so i think as leaders it just leads us to a a better life and also let me say for leaders i think we d- we do need daily word from god i think mm. i i think as a leader um we have spiritual warfare um we have a big target on our back for the devil um we we have to take pressure People don't understand the pressure, um, and I just think, for me, I I need that daily touch of freshness. Even today, just just going back mm-hmm. over an old scripture, I know I just read it and read it and read it and looked in a couple of translations, and it, it just mm-hmm. makes sense right now. It yeah. just makes sense. It's just aha, aha, right. That's where we're at, mm-hmm. and um, I think it's been a key to our health, mental health, um, as a, as a movement. Um, mm. I, I do. I, th- I think that it would be a lot harder place mm. if we didn't do journaling as leaders. That's good. I would, could you just dive into that a little bit more? So as I, I do know, like we mentioned, lots of leaders, preachers are listening. So tell us the difference between journaling and Bible study. Is journaling your sermon prep uh, or what's the difference? Journaling is not my sermon prep, but many of my sermons come from journaling. <laughs> so let me let me let me break that down. So every day I'm reading a bit of God's word. I'm inspired. I'm healed. I'm blessed. Well, of mm. course, there's going to be inspiration there for a message. So when it comes to whatever the subject is, I'm thinking of a scripture. I'm thinking of, well, where was that scripture? Or I read that scripture. Or um, it's what we call the God word when we go to mm. prepare a message, and um, it comes from journaling. 
So study to me is secondary. I want to study. My brain really wants me to study. And, um, but it usually comes out of journaling what I will study. Not always. Sometimes I want to study on a book of the Old Testament, but that's not my journaling. That's either a hobby or preparing or general interest um, or could be God, God guiding us. But that's secondary to God speak to me today. Mm. Um, I love knowledge and I love study. I do it every day, but that is not my journaling. That mm. it's inspired by my journaling. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. Great. Just a, a few just closing thoughts or questions. What is the what's the difference between journaling or encouraging people to journal versus reading a devotional? A devotional is if it's just a, a Bible reading plan is great, but if a devotional is actually people's ideas every day, it I think it does limit the amount of imagination that God wants to speak to you. So there's nothing wrong with it, but I would say I, I think a much more powerful method is to just read the scripture and say, God, what would you say to me today? Mm. And then we have our own devotional. It's like we're writing our own devotional every day. And let me say again, I don't write a lot of words. So I'm not writing Mm. a devotional every day. I'm writing a phrase or a thought every day, Mm. a bullet point. Uh, If people want to write diary form, that's fine. But for most people, especially um, busy people, um, that's too much. So just a just a thought, a jot, a, a something to to mm. remind me, um, and and so I, I just think uh, devotionals are a good backup, but if they take the place of journaling, I think we're we're cutting off a a, a stream of revelation mm. and strength that God wants to bring us. Mm. Love it. So, final question: What if I miss a day, a week, or mm-hmm. a month of journaling? What do I do? Well, a lot of our people journal, and they come to connect groups and they journal share. So if someone's just not doing well, we just say, hey, I could see you're struggling there. Can I help you? So it's not judgment. Mm. Um, or some people start journaling and they say, I'm not getting much out of this. There's no judgment. There's not like you you missed it or it's like, can, can we just go through it together? So I think it's a teaching opportunity, an encouragement opportunity. And I also say to our leaders, don't say you must do it. Say, why wouldn't you want to do it? The God of the universe wants to speak to you about your job mm. or your study. Like that's a big motivator or purpose. So it's the way we present it. But if people miss out days, I don't care. Um, mm. I really don't care. But as a leader, I'll say, let's let's come back. Let's yeah. come back. You know there's a place of strength. Mm. On the other hand, as a pastor, I've seen over many, many years of 35 years of pastoring that most people who come for counseling um, whatever the cause of the counseling, after a while, stop reading the Bible. Many, not mm-hmm. all, but many, I'll say, are you reading the Bible? They'll say, not anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, let's just do it now. And immediately it just brings back a, a freshness. So mm-hmm. no judgment, just I know how powerful, it's like, like standing under the shower, standing on a stream. Let's, let's just stand under the stream right now. Mm-hmm. Let's do it right now. If someone says, um, I haven't done it for a while, so let's do it again right now. So it's not judging. And it's not mm. legalism, but it's the concept of why wouldn't you just want to just spend five minutes a day? And frankly, if people are not willing to spend five minutes a day, they say, I actually am too busy for God. I think we should nicely challenge that. It's a bad word, but nicely challenge that and say, well, you know, how much time do you spend in social media? 
mm. um, or whatever you do. Um, not not trying to judge that, but the comparison is God's only asking for five minutes. Yeah. Like just get a cup of tea, cup of coffee, sit down, read a scripture and think and stop. Um, and stop. Like you don't have to do more than five minutes or you don't even mm. have to do five minutes. I don't care. Um, but why wouldn't you want to do that? And and he's away, the blue book, the the, the scriptures, studies he's a way where it, it's simple reproducible scalable so you could do it in a connect group or a church uh, it's so simple and we can just start again awesome great well thanks it's such a great chat on journaling any final thoughts pastor rod before we close out yeah yeah the god of the universe who created you wants to speak to you to you and he speaks through his word he speaks through his local church he speaks through leaders but he also speaks to you I want to encourage you to pick up God's word, mm. read a scripture, five minutes, and say, God, what would you say to me today? And mm. think and pray. Just try it. I think you'll be surprised at the amazing results. Awesome. Great. Well, just encourage you guys, if you want to check more on journaling and that you can just go to the App Store, download our app, find the blue book. You can find more teaching on on journaling there and the, uh, the two months in Mark, your first month of journaling with those encouraging scriptures, you can check it out there. Really a great way to do it. Um, but if you are enjoying these podcasts, I would love you to share it with your friends. Uh, let's just get more and more people onto this. Uh, we really appreciate that. And we're looking forward to connecting with you guys next week. We're going to be talking more about simple prayer and what that means for us here at Lifehouse. So check you guys. And thanks again, Pastor Rod. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you enjoyed today's episode with Pastor Rod, why don't you subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to this and we'll see you next time.